Hi there, and welcome to another episode of Song and a Chat. Welcome back, everybody. If it's your first time here, sit back and uh, just relax. I'm going to guide you through half an hour of a bit of chat. We've got a song coming along, and we're going to look at that song from a lyrical point of view, musical point of view, most of all from a feeling point of view, because I have discovered... Uh, over the course of uh, recording these podcast episodes, wow, I can't believe we're in the mid-70s at the moment. Uh, 78 or something? Ridiculous. Um, not ridiculous, just yeah, quite amazing, really. I wasn't sure whether I'd get past number one, <laughs> to be quite honest. But as it turned out, I've enjoyed the ride and so are many of you. And that's wonderful. So wherever you are tuning in around the world, welcome back or welcome aboard. Uh, once again, we're off into a journey. The great unknown. The great unknown. Um, I'm also a cartoon, a cartoonist. I was going to say a cartoon drawer, cartoonist. Um, and I teach how to draw cartoons. And often when I'm uh, encouraging people to draw with me to make them feel at ease and get on the breath and go into the land of creativity, I say. Yeah, sure. I'm, I'm showing you the way in a way, but look, you're on your journey. You're on your way, a journey. You don't know where you're going. It's, it's, it's not a bad place to be. Ever done that as a kid? Been in the car, and uh, you know the family have driven off, and it's just to just see where the see where your nose, you know, see where it goes, you know, see what happens. I did that later in life, and I started calling it um, "Lost in Time," and ended up writing. A song called exactly that and uh, recording it and uh, I wrote the song with my mate Paul Dredge who incidentally uh, dig us back again uh, we had a big ep- episode last week which we recorded live uh, an interview with Paul which I, I really enjoyed we looked at the, one of the songs another song we'd written together um, incidentally uh, just yeah, Paul's leapt into my mind here again uh, he's turned up on this demo I, I really wasn't expecting that um, Secret Lullabies, yeah, okay, Secret Lullabies of Love in Brackets. Uh, the demo that's turned up is one that we obviously, we recorded together and we put it on a, a cassette years ago. Uh, I think the album might have been called Secret Lullabies, funnily enough. I'm not 100% sure of that. Yeah, I think it was. Wow. Ah, the memory. Who erased that memory momentarily? That, that's of concern. <laughs> it really is. All right, um... I think what we're going to do here, people, we are going to roll Secret Lullabies and uh, we'll see what happens. Yeah, bear in mind we recorded this uh, demo because I've had a sneaky listen of a bit just now uh, on an old four-track machine. And with four tracks, you basically get four goes at stuff and that's it. Or else you can do three goes and you can bounce them kind of all onto one track, freeing up the other three tracks. But the trick is whatever you've bounced, those levels all remain Cast in stone, you can't change anything about them. We had very limited gear, but we had a lot of passion, Paul and I. And uh, we, we were really, really enjoying what we're doing. And uh, so sit back and enjoy the lo-fi version of one of the early versions of a song called Secret Lullaby. So I think you'll recognize the intro. Without further ado, here we go. Let's rock. <laughs> Songs past the 
hundred years How many people know the difference Between sacred love and sacred tears So you've dreaming of When I sing these melodies So there you go, Secret Lullabies, unveiled at last, and uh, after hearing the intro, all those episodes, it was kind of cool to sit back and have a listen to that. Uh, nice one, Digger, I, I enjoyed listening to that, a bit of fun. Okay, I think we're going to dive into the songbooks, ladies and gentlemen, page three of book number one, uh, written by Pete Pascoe, I see, Secret Lullabies of Love in brackets, and uh, written in 1986. November. Okay, it's a few years back, eh? <laughs> the words. How many friends last the distance? How many songs last a hundred years? How many people know the difference between sacred love and sacred tears? Oh, okay, let's ask a few big questions, one after another, one after another. <laughs> yeah, okay, let's get into that. How many friends last the distance? Well, 
Well, when you think about it, um, it's, it's very easy to lose touch with friends, isn't it? And it's interesting which friends you keep in touch with. And you, you think back to your school days, uh, did you teach, did you teach, what, did you keep in touch with um, friends from your school days or did real Real friends, we are real friends, long-lasting friendships. Did they begin when you started your working years? Uh, it's an interesting thing, where friends come from. I think an interesting thing for me is the freer I live my life, uh, the more open I am to finding more friends and um, genuine ones at that. So how many friends last the distance? Well, I got one or three, let me tell you that. I'm very, very lucky. The one that springs to mind is the guy I mention a lot on these podcasts, Mr. Paul Dredge, of course. Uh, we've lasted the distance. It's great fun. In fact, we just wrote a song this week. Cool, eh? Um, really enjoying that. We bounced it back. Speaking of distance, we bounced it back and forth across the Tasman. Uh, what's that? Well, I'm living in Melbourne in Australia. I'm in lockdown. Paul lives in New Zealand in Palmerston North uh, in lockdown. And uh, or was at the time we wrote it, and uh, so we. I used to live in New Zealand. We did a whole lot of gigs together, Paul and I, and wrote a lot of songs years ago. And it's great to have a, an ongoing friendship, one where you can have conversation. Where one minute you're talking about really big, deep questions, and the next just dropping something really silly, inane into conversation, and you're on the same page and have a good laugh about nothing. It's got to be fun, people. I think. I think. I think. I think. Good life is a combination of that deep and frivolous fun. Okay. How many songs last a hundred years? Well, not many, I reckon. And, and uh, yeah, the short answer is that. And these days, I don't know. In five seconds, oh, that's a bit harsh. Um, look, there are some great songs, and great songs do last and get handed down. Gee, it's going to be interesting. Love to be around and you know, hundred years and find out what was sort of what what's still what's still hanging around as far as a song goes. Which songs do you think? Hmm, interesting. How many people know the difference between sacred love and sacred tears? Well, it's kind of a trick question. Uh, to my view, the answer is none. What's the difference between sacred love and sacred tears? I think it's probably the same thing. Where am I? Where did I get that from? Who am I to come up with that? I don't know. It just sort of came out of thin air. This song came at a time where I was asking some big questions, not for the first time in my life, but really I was I was thrown into it by some of the some of the uh, ups and downs of early relationships, just trying to find my way. And I think this was the first time I really put down in words the idea of some sort of higher love and uh, that's what I sort of that's, that's what came to me out of thin air after I wrote the first two lines so not a bad idea here's a songwriting tip not a bad idea to ask a question first up or two and um, just get a start make a start yeah put some marks on that canvas I'm a painter as well goes the same way ask a few questions pop it down see what comes out and uh, something's going to follow it and out of thin air came that how many people know the difference between sacred love and sacred tears? Okay, cuts to the chorus. Is it you I'm dreaming of when I sing these melodies? Or is it who I'm dreaming of? Sing my secret lullabies of love. So there's a, there's, I think there's a deep sense of mystery and mystique around this song that's just crept in there, not out of nowhere, because it started to raise its sort of head in the last end of the verse there. And 
it's, it's come back quite strongly. Who I'm, it's, it's kind of like a higher love. Yeah, it could be you that I'm dreaming of. I'm singing these melodies, but they're, they're lullabies. And what do lullabies do? Well, they kind of put you into dreamland, and that's the connection in terms of a, a in terms of the creative sense. Um, when you write, when you when you create, I really feel like where you go to do that is. You, you, you hone in on your feelings and see, see what you're feeling. That That's a great place to start any piece of art. In fact, I'd go so far as to say it's almost the only place to go to create, create a great piece of art. Um, you go there. And where you go is kind of like the realm of dreams. Yeah? Uh, next bit. Time is shown to care for no one. Time is flown to who knows where. <laughs> How the world weary. How... <laughs> Well, how old was I here? Not very old, right? about 20 or something like that. That just strikes me as funny now. It's like an old man looking back on stuff. So time has shown to care for no one. Time has flown to who knows where. Time has tested the strength of our run. An ocean of woes against a sacred tear. No, I don't mind that. Okay, so then I've, I've sort of switched to a... Looking from my view here, time's shown to care for no one. Looking around and, wow, everyone's sure getting older. At that point in time, my grandparents were getting older. You know, I love my grandparents. And you know, they've, of course, passed on a long time ago now. Um, they pop up in my memories and my dreams. I, I love that when that happens. Really bright and uh, vivid, a sense of connection. And, you know, uh, that, that, that sort of feelings, I don't think are ever going to die. That's a, that's a nice thing about being a, song, a songwriter. I think you do sort of hone something which keeps sort of connections and keeps keeps images really, really vivid. And for that, I'm very thankful. Um, time has tested the strength of our run. Hmm. So that, that's looking at humanity, where we're going. Talk about a big question. Where are we going now? Well, it's fairly relative to what's going on now in a way. An ocean of woes against a sacred tear. So um, the odds aren't looking good for the old sacred tear. An ocean of woes, but I think it'll be all right. That, that's what I think. I think it'll be okay. And um, you know, the song that Paul and I uh, have written this week says exactly that, which is pretty cool. Um, one of the lines is about forget leaving behind some darker feelings and the gray color, the gray, and, and bring out your colors because everything's going to be okay. That was a pretty rough uh, sort of version of what the chorus is about. But I like to have sort of an uplifting kind of an angle to, I'd say probably just about most of my songs, and there's been about 800 of them. Um, I'm not any I'm big mission here to do anything amazing in my songwriting. But I guess what I wanted to do from the start is just be honest to myself. And if I'm honest with myself, what I want to bring into the world is some fun and some lightheartedness, some laughter, but also uh, ask some of those big questions. And to get big questions across, sometimes it's a good idea to mix them in with some of this stuff. Which is what I did. Now, I really like that intro. I think it was really good. Uh, <laughs> I might say so myself. I think that was really good. Well, you got to pipe up and say, hey, you know, pat yourself on the back occasionally. It was uh, original, different, and cool. 
to me at that stage for only having written um, about 10 songs at this stage. Yes, song number three in the songbook. I think they got a bit out of early order early on there. But anyway, that's a... So a byline, not neither here nor there, but coming up with was a good feeling. And then it went into this sort of sort of it's like some sort of seventies groove, eh? And this weird riff. That was in the days before I knew anything about. Um, relative chords and that that's frightfully obvious when you get into it <laughs> relative chords are ones that belong together like this because they come from the same scale these chords go all over the place in the song and i don't mind that song changes key a bit i think who knows let's have a look at it today They belong together quite nicely. What about the melody there? How many friends less the distance? How many songs last a hundred years? It does that again, doesn't it? But then it goes, which is very similar to the opening bit. But somewhat different, and here it is really different. And then it goes back into E, the chord. So just for a second there, it went off into another key, threatening to go somewhere that is a long way from, but somehow managed to turn that into. Is it you I'm dreaming of when I sing this melody? Who I'm dreaming of? My secret lullabies I've learned And talking about feeling, there's something nice about this song. It's a really nice song to just sit back and cruise and play. And I tell you what, I'm really looking forward to recording this properly. I can't believe it's taken me all these years to, and I'm still not even there. Why don't we do it, Digger? <laughs> We're on a mission. <laughs> That'd be great, Paul. I'd really like to do that. I can just really hear this one going. Is there anything else musically? Yeah, there's a bit. Uh, after a chorus here, yeah. blah, blah, blah. But then it goes this. goes all over the shop and I I can't tell you any particular reason as to why I did this this way except just letting the fingers run and there's something great about breaking all the rules here's the thing as an artist and a songwriter I really am in favor of breaking all the rules I think it's great fun but I do think it's a really good idea to know the rules and then break them I think that's probably a good idea. Know your relative chords. Know your colours. Um, but don't don't wait to be creative until I don't. I don't personally. For me, here's what I did in my life. I didn't go and study songwriting. I didn't go and study being an artist, or a cartoonist, or a 
or a pianist or a, or a singer or a, 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 a piano teacher. And yet those are all the things I'm doing for a living. Um, for better or worse, I struck my own path. And everyone's going to find their own path, right? For some people, the right thing to do will be to cross all the I's and cross all the T's and dot the I's and that sort of thing. Early on, learn all the theory and then, right, I'm going to start being creative now. Now, that may work for some people, but I wouldn't mind betting for a lot of people. If you if you go down that path, that whole left-brain way, perhaps that day will never come to then become creative. I'm just putting this out there. This is just sort of come to me tonight. Um, perhaps it could be a little overwhelming. All these rules. Yeah, you can't do that. You can't possibly go, you know, you can't. Why would you go to A, to G, G minor, just, but C, A flat. But those chords, to my ear at least, really work. They, they, that's an ab- absolute departure. It's a classic Pete Pasco sort of a riff bridgey little bit which I just can't resist doing and I uh, probably always will do them I don't always do them but often you know there's these little um, sort of quirky quirky little bits and I really like that I, I, sometimes I've, I've followed artists in the past and like the quirky stuff and it's all got smoothed out by record companies and I don't think that'll sell that won't make radio and all that. And I just think sometimes the art is lost. It's a rare beast, I think, that makes it onto radio that's artistic. Yes, um, they exist. Real classic, classic recordings. But I think a lot of magic can get sort of smudged out in the studio. So uh, on that note, I, I think this, I really do. Go with your strengths. Just do what you do uh, and do it now. Get in there. You don't have to publish it at all, but... Get in there and, and and whatever comes out of you is your voice that you will have at this age because you will never be this age again. Tomorrow, you're not going to be this age. Your worldview is going to change. You'll have different experiences. Something else will come to the fore. Um, yeah, you, you, you might discover thrash metal and that's the end of it. You won't be doing the piano playing anymore, you know, which is all valid and all good. But I, I think the word document comes to mind. And I think this is a document of time and almost out of time for me because I'd, I'd be wouldn't be surprised if I, if I wrote a song like this again tomorrow, given the the subject, the nature of the lyrics, and perhaps the quirkiness of the music and and that the free the free um, it's going to say but then it, it's it's more of a and it's not contrived. It's just it just. It just flows from somewhere when it's happening right. So there's there's a good idea, I think, as a songwriter. If if it, if you're getting the feeling that things are flowing, then I think you're getting close to the magic. Yeah, that's what I think. And that goes for this podcast as well. I tell you what, when when it starts flowing, that's when uh, with my words and that sort of thing. That's I think I'm, I'm getting close to something. There must be some sort of you know something coming up all right looking at uh, a couple of notes to squiggle down there just while it was playing um uh, paul's percussion on the acoustic guitar did you catch that have another listen i really enjoyed that i thought it was a great idea uh some of the synth was like synthesizer stuff was okay this sort of um but you gotta be really careful with that that it can sort of overtake the the proceedings um 
the saxophone. You picked up that that was a keyboard? Yeah, I got a new, new, new synth for Christmas. And uh, yeah, anyway, I, I, I could hear it. Some of it works just, you know, and I, I, I could hear a bit of sax in there. Um, what do we say? One take Charlie. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Paul and I are, are good at that. I think there's something about it. Often your first take in the studio is the take. Um, look, I haven't had the privilege of being in a flash studio much where I've had time to do 26 takes of a song. And for better or worse, that's just the way it was. I had a producer that was really pushing me. Perhaps, I would say probably sometimes it would work. But other times, I don't know. I, I'm more... Mercurial, I guess. My the, my the creativity and my ability and the level of both seem really entwined together, and they just pop out and surprise me, and then it's gone again. <laughs> and and it, it it surprises me what I play and sing, and and for that I'm very grateful. So yeah, one take, Charlie. There we go. Oh yeah, I looked at a couple of photos from that way back in the day when I wrote this song. Back then, I had a black and white cat called Purdy, dangerous cat man, because in the mornings, he had a really bad habit of waiting, lying and wait under your bed for you to get up, put your bare feet on the ground, and come out and bite you on the back of the ankles. Marvellous. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, I now have two black and white cats. And um, one of them, oh, dead ringer for Purdy, just about reincarnated as Nelson, the black and white cat, Last night at 5.30 in the morning, what was he doing? Nibbling my toes. He'd stuck his head under the covers on the end of the bed. <laughs> Fighting him <laughs> and purring. Yeah, there was a heck of a game. And I nudged him. He fell off the bed. He was boom from the crown. I feel a bit sorry for him. Not so sorry. The next second as he jumped back up, nibbling them again. 5.30am. <laughs> so I got up. Picked him up, booted the other cat by accident. Yes, he's black and white, but man, I wasn't very wide awake. And uh, I popped them into their room where they can sleep, but they don't bother us in the, the wash house. But anyway, aren't cats great? It's nice to have friends. That's the sort of friend that really, uh, the distance it lasts. Well, it's not as long as a human life, isn't it? I think we can learn a lot from pets. We, we, I think we really do learn how to live and how to love and, and give something of ourselves and then, yeah, we, we do feel that pain when they, when they pass away, which they do. They're going to. It's a, it's, it's a given. They're going to be gone before us most often. And, you know, you're free to think, okay, oh, that was great. I was so lucky to have that animal in my life. What's next, you know? And I think there's a, there's a chance to learn how to hurt and there's a chance to learn how to heal. And I think maybe that's not a million miles away from the essence of secret lullabies. Um, I, I would say it's a song about healing and healing through looking at the bigger picture, feeling a whole lot of stuff, because absolutely I do feel a whole lot of stuff, and then putting into, into words and a song as theory, theory, uh, therapy in itself and then delivering it like a lullaby. Well, that, that's kind of the idea. There's a soothing nature, a healing kind of aspect to that so i think that sort of sums up secret lullabies um what do you think am i glossing over anything i guess the melody we could look at that um it's not too bad 
دیگه I've just realized that when I was playing that there it sounded like almost like a a, a childlike um well, a lullaby didn't it playing it up in the top end like that you know just a so I think that's a good marriage if you like between uh words and music on secret lullabies it's been a nice feeling it's been a nice feeling un- unveiling it After all these years, uh, it's going to be even better feeling doing the finished version of it. I, I tell you what, really looking forward to that. Um, hope you've enjoyed this week's podcast. It's been a pretty peaceful one. Um, incidentally, if you want to check out another version of Secret Lullabies, uh, this week I've, I've put up on YouTube, Pete Pasco Music and Art, another version of Secret Lullabies that I did live, live in the lounge. It was part of a online um performance that i did back a couple of months ago so i've just popped that uh, secret lullabies up as well and uh, yeah see what you think of that i'll take it somewhere else and that was good fun i'll have another one of those coming up another live online concert if you like the sound of that uh if you're interested see my cartoons if you want to see more music all of that kind of stuff look hit me up at info at petepasco.com i'll send you some links Uh, or else just go there yourself. You can see them in show notes. I'll put a couple in there this week. And uh, my blog will take you places. Yeah, that's not a bad place to start. And um, I sort of made a pact with myself this week. I spent way too long on last week's podcast video with Paul because the video ran out after 10 minutes. So I spent 20 I spent uh, a long time, a lot of hours, putting together photographs to fill in the last 20 minutes. And I wanted them to sort of react and look like they're part of the what was going on with the audio which is probably a big mistake it turned into a labor of love i really enjoyed that and i'm pleased that i've done it um sometimes that's the way it is with creative projects you know you the outcome it's you got to get here you go oh maybe this is what it's all about today you gotta let go of the outcome just be free yeah just go in there the the most summon the summon the most feeling that you can go with it the most truthful version of what's coming to you something that really rings true to you and do your best in the moment and then let it go the great thing about songwriting is you can always rewrite it it's it's it just is a ongoing kind of thing and uh anyway I, i'm really looking forward to putting a, a circle around a few more albums I've got floating around. They're half finished at the moment, have been for the last year or two, which is just ridiculous. So the time has come. I've, I've got a big commission painting, a seascape that's due shortly. As soon as I've done that, I'm in the studio and I'm going to sort those albums out because I'm already working on the next ones and uh, it's such good fun. It never stops. That's the way it is. That's how it feels to be a songwriter. hope that's given you some idea of how it feels. Hope you had a good time today. Hope you're going to have a great time for the rest of your week. Thanks for tuning in. This is Pete Pascoe signing out. Bye-bye. How many friends last the distance? How many songs last a years? How many people know the difference Between sacred love and sacred tears?